Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet, the John Campy Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel, brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around to talk about our favorite things in the world, movies and movie news, TV and streaming, all sorts of good stuff. Joining me, of course, sitting right over here, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir? John, I, I never thought this day would come. Literally the second coming. It's happening. It's happening. I, You know, to be honest, we've talked about this ever since you and I have been streaming together in various ways, shapes, forms. Um... And I started, we did get a Justice League movie. I think we got Batman v Superman as well. Well, we got a couple of Justice League movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got a couple of Justice League movies. And and I, something I, I honestly did not think was going to happen is going to happen today. Black Adam actually hits theaters. That's what I was talking about. Uh, what did you think I was talking about? I don't know, that's exactly what I thought you were talking about. No, it's, it's, it is nuts when you think about it, 15 years. It was 2007 that the first reports came out that Dwayne Johnson was going to play Black Adam. 2007 and wow. then they made it official that he was playing black adam like seven or eight years ago uh, been a long road anyway speaking of a long road it's always a long road oh. when ray or is here joining you guys in the live chat here today a long road but a good road ray how you doing i like that shirt robert mr burnett um i actually watched something last night was it morbius yeah. nope still haven't <laughs> but it starts morbius. with more mortal Kombat, legends the newest uh I think the Warner Brothers is still pumping out these Mortal Kombat uh, animate, animated movies. Oh, it's the movies. animation stuff you're talking about. I have never seen so much blood in anything my whole life. Like, fingers getting cut off. If I was a kid and someone was watching and I watched this, I would not forget it. Like, my whole life, I would not forget it. it yeah, was, you'd think it was awesome. It's so brutal. I mean, if anyone's into that stuff, like, bodies getting cut in half, head smashing against the wall and just exploding... <laughs> Check out this animation. I was you into that? I was sick to my stomach by and the end. And watch of it. Invincible. <laughs> or watch Invincible. Right. Like that too. A lot of blood coming in animation these days. Also joins us, of course, running the show today, producer Jonathan Voico. Jonathan, how you doing? I'm doing okay. This is a very bloody start to the day, Ray. Actually, I even cut my finger. Look at that. Yeah, he did. He came in. He's a bleeding finger today. He cut it on so he was running with scissors. Don't do that. Don't, again. don't, don't run never with scissors, learn. Jonathan. I'll never learn. And of course, sitting beside him on her first official day here, Lou Moana is here. Lou, how you doing? How's it going? I am doing great, John. Wonderful. And uh, we are hope you are doing great, everybody. We are so glad that you're here and decided to make this show part of your day. Here's how today's show is going to go. We're breaking, breaking it down into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. And in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. If you want to get a live comment or question on, two things. Number one, you got to be watching live. Number two, when we get to the end of the main topics, we'll announce that we're opening up the, the uh, Super Chats, and that will be your cue to start firing your thoughts, theories, and questions. We only leave the Super Chats open for just a couple of minutes, so you have to get them in rather quickly. All right, guys. With that down, we got a few things to cover here today, so let's jump right into it with a couple of off-the-tops, and these are earth-shaking, because we're going to start uh -huh. off with this one. You know, to me, She-Hulk... While a fine show in premise and idea and concept, it, it just didn't work for me. I was disappointed with it just because it just wasn't funny. So that was my problem with it. But that's not to say that there weren't some shining highlights in it. Wong in it was great. Uh, the Daredevil stuff in it was, I think most people agree, was pretty great. But one of the other things that surprisingly worked with a lot of people and surprisingly worked with me because when this character first came on screen, I'm like, give me a break. But by the end of the episode, I was like, I want more. That's Madison. 
with two N's and a Y, but not where you think. <laughs> Somehow, some way, this idiot character became super popular. And even I have to admit, by the end of that episode, I was like, I want to see more of this character. Well, one of the MCU filmmakers is trying to make that happen. The, the prime, primary director of the She-Hulk series, Kat uh, Koiro, I, I never know if I'm pronouncing her last name right, has been talking a lot about the fact that she believes that Patty Guggenheim, who plays Madison, they want, and what they are pitching, is a standalone Disney Plus Madison movie. Maybe like a Werewolf by Night kind of one-hour special sort of thing. Uh, Koiro said this, Koiro called... Uh, and the thing about Patty Guggenheim is that she's able to play these ridiculous characters with so much grounding and these characters who maybe don't appear very smart with so much intelligence. So I kind of been waiting for this moment to launch Patty for many, many years. And so it's like, okay, the rest of the world is caught up. Now let us please give her her own movie. So that comes us from the director of She-Hulk. Now, look, I am like all the rest of you. When I read this, that the She-Hulk director wanted to do a massive spinoff, my first thought, like everybody else in the world, was that ain't never going to happen. It's never going to happen. But I love that poster. But, but, is it really that ridiculous? And I'm going to pitch something here about how this could actually happen and how this could actually work. And Rob, I'm going to go over to something you've said for a long time. That wouldn't it be interesting if the MCU gave us a movie or a show that looked at the world of the MCU through a muggle's eyes, yeah. through a normie's eyes, right? Maybe Marvel's. Right, yes, exactly. But, it's like, what, like, what about the average person on the street when alien armies come through a portal in the sky or where some giant figure comes bursting out of the crust of the earth or a godlike creature appears in the skies and says they're going to be back to judge us? Like, what does that world look like? But you got to have a character that you can tell that through their eyes and they would have a definitive perspective and it would be entertaining for us as the audience just watching them. Might I suggest that Madison could be that character? There, there was They already kind of teased with it a little bit with the very fact that she signed some kind of deal with a demon that might end up being Mephisto, I don't know, right? So, I mean, we, they might do a flashback of that and it's Sasha Baron Cohen signing a deal with her, then he changes into a goat. I mean, I have no idea. But the concept of looking at the, wor the world of the MCU and like a one-hour Disney special through the eyes of somebody like a Madison, while I rejected this idea at first, I got to tell you, to me, that's this is an idea that could work. I don't know, Rob, you hear about this. How insane does it sound? Oh, no. Dude, I think you're onto something. Really? I, I absolutely, I think you're onto something. I, you know, I, I was thinking in a way, because okay, she has clearly been in some situation where the supernatural was involved, and maybe she signed a deal with the devil. She can hang with Wong. What if she's in a situation where her like boozy self is put in a situation where she actually ends up saving the world somehow? Oh my, like and a la Jar Jar Binks. Something, and, and the tagline is everyone is one drink away from being a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> and and like and, and what's funny is like, i love it and because I love it. one of my favorite so tell the bartenders every night at the bar one of my yeah one, one of my drink away one everyone is one drink away from being a superhero because who knows what elixir <laughs> and and the thing is with her the thing about madison is what i i really like about her is she knows who she is yeah. and she's comfortable with herself and in this day and age that is a superpower 
And the fact that she can hang with she can hang with Sorcerer Supremes, she can hang with demonic forces. And and what if her winsome self, I mean, she's a winning personality, that one. And and what if she's in a situation that she might not be aware of, but simply because she's her own person, somehow she's able to save the world. I'll I'll tell you what, look. I understand how ludicrous this all sounds. I I completely do, but you got to play a little bit. And I think maybe doing some, and again, the the whole werewolf by night thing to me is a great, this is one of the great things about werewolf by night. It becomes a template that you can really tell any kind of story you want with some relative freedom. And it's kind of, I say, again, I love this about this character is that she can be sitting out. She doesn't feel like she has to impress anybody. No. She's like, whatever, let's just sit down and watch And the thing this. is, John, we've all met, like, living in L.A., you've met people like this. Oh, I've like, met like many Madisons living in L.A. Maybe she's a rich heiress, yes. maybe she's not. It doesn't matter. You know, one of my favorite movies, comedies ever, is the original 1981 Dudley Moore version of Arthur. Oh, I love that. It's Arthur, so funny. And, and Arthur, it's, it's, it, there's so many great one-liners. It's so funny. But even though he's drunk all the time and masking his, sort of his pain and his pathos, you know... <laughs> Dudley Moore with the drink, you know, Arthur, take my hand, but that would leave you with one. I mean, I, I love that movie. So <laughs> it's, so it's really, really good. And I, I could see that when I heard her character reminded me of Arthur Bach and I loved her character because I'll tell you something. She, they were never, they never denigrated her. No, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. She wasn't, they, and she was not judged, which I liked. I like the fact that everyone liked her because... I mean, I was, think a lot of us judged her. Well, well, <laughs> I know I did. But, but the thing is, at the end of the day, she transcends judgment. That's true. Because when she's sitting down having fun with Wong, Wong's probably having the best night of his life with her. He was having fun. He was having fun. All right, guys, question is for you. What do you think? Do you think this could be a possibility? Look, I'm a, I ain't saying this is going to happen. But I think your idea is a great one. I'm just saying you, this could be something that's kind of fun and give them something to kind of play with. I don't know. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's do another off the top here, and that is this. You know, one of the more hotly anticipated Disney Plus Marvel shows that was coming out was Moon Knight. I mean, I still remember the day I was there when they announced the show was going to be happening. There was an electric buzz in the room. Everybody could feel Robert Meyer Burnett's joygasm across the globe. Everybody's happy. Now, the show came out. I'll say this. I, I liked it. It didn't live up to its potential, but I liked it well enough. Certainly had a lot of room for improvement and whatnot, but by the end of it, they clearly teased or left a very big open door with that last scene in the limousine, right? They left a big open door for another season, but it was always being touted as a limited series, that this was a one series and done. Now, a little while ago, Oscar Isaac and the director and the showrunner of uh, Moon Knight were in Egypt and did a little video saying, we're in Egypt. What are we doing there? Moon Knight 2? And everybody got really excited about it. Maybe that meant something, maybe it didn't. Well, now Oscar Isaac is confirming that Moon Knight 2 is a possibility. Now, this comes to us. I'm reading this from folks over at CBR who's saying Oscar Isaac revealed that discussions regarding a potential second season of the Disney Plus series were already underway. There have been, says Isaac, there have been some specific conversations about Moon Knight season two. He said they were pleasant. The spilling of the details is that there are no details. We don't know if there will be a second season, but we are talking about it. All right, so that again comes to us from Oscar Isaac. So that gives us a better idea about 
what the state of Moon Knight is right now. Like a, a lot of people thought with that video that they made that they were being dead serious and Moon Knight 2 was already greenlit and they're scouting locations and all this kind of stuff. Well, Oscar Isaac now puts out the rest. So look, we're talking about it. Rob, I think a lot of us kind of came to peace with the idea that Moon Knight was a limited series of a, a one yeah. and done. Maybe see him pop up again in the MCU somewhere. But now Oscar Isaac is saying they are talking about a season two. Do you think there was enough there in the first season that they could build on to, to do a really good effect of season two where you turned off by the first season enough that you don't want to see another one? I don't know. What do you think is going to happen? Here? Well, I think there's definitely, look, Oscar Isaac can be a great Moon Knight and a great Mark Spector. I don't, I think that the way this series leaned into the, the idea that Moon Knight has disassociative identity disorder came way late in the Moon Knight mythos. Mm. And the Moon Knight that I fell in love with in the, 80s uh was not in the early 80s was not in this show and i understand why they went in this direction kind of an interesting exploration into what that means and i i get all that but there's such a rich history and moon knight moon knight has never has never been a great character he's not had definitive runs of comics i mean right. he's had good runs but no one's gonna be like oh my god this is amazing i mean it was kind of amazing some of it um so there's a lot of potential here. And I would love to see them do, I want to see a, a, a series where Moon Knight can be Moon Knight as opposed to not knowing who he is and not knowing what happened to him last night or what's going on and not knowing that two giant Egyptian gods are fighting over the pyramids of Giza, eating the souls of people on the streets of Cairo. That's, you know, a little much. What do you think is going to happen though? Do you think that yes. at the end of the day, they will I, Well, I think, you know why? Because you've got Oscar Isaac. And regardless of whether I liked it or not, his performance was incredible. Yeah, he was he was really he good. He was incredible. And they did set up a lot of intriguing stuff. But I have to say, after watching Werewolf by Night, I really wish, you know, Moon Knight was introduced in the pages of Werewolf by Night in 1975. I couldn't help but watch that and think, God, I would love to have seen Moon Knight in that show in black Like and a white. serialized 50s style kind well, of... Well, I mean, even if... Yeah, like I would do... To me... Moon Knight could be done as a 40. It's Moon Knight is the romantic version of Batman. Even though people would say Batman himself is romantic. But Moon Knight was a monogamous character and his girlfriend Marlene was a big part of his life. And the idea that he's this kind of this romantic film noir 40s character, lean into that and, you know, have Werewolf by Night and have him be part of that whole when the moon rises anything can happen. Well, they can't do that now because they've already done season I 1. Know. But they can still bring Werewolf by Night back. They could they can. I think they probably will. All right, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Would you be down for Moon Knight season two? Oscar Isaac is now setting the record straight, saying they are actually talking about it, but they're not really far along. Do you think it's going to happen? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, with that down, Lou, what do we got up next? Next up is our Mint Mobile hotline question of the day. Uh, if you want to have your question heard on the show, you're going to go ahead and call this number and leave a voicemail at 951-268-4259. All right. Our Mint Mobile question of the day today comes from... Let's see who we have here. Hey, John Crew. This is Anthony from Houston. Now that there is a Flash 2 script apparently written, do you think that they recast Barry Allen or move forward with a new Flash, perhaps my personal favorite, Wally West? What do you guys think? Thank you very much, and bring on the filthy. All right, John. What do you think about this Flash news? Do you think they're going to go ahead and recast with not only a different actor, but a different 
flash. Well, I mean, look, one of the things that is, I think, beyond question is that Ezra Miller will not be Flash anymore. I mean, I, I think we, we've kind of established that. I think most people know that. I mean, I suppose Warner Brothers could have a complete brain cramp and decide to re-sign Ezra Miller, in which case I'm just done with them. But I, I think it's pretty much accepted they're not going to do that. But that then raises the interesting question that you bring up is, do they recast Barry or do they just swap out for a Jay Garrick, for a Wally West, some other iteration of Flash? I would say this. My hope would be that they would just recast. I do not know why it is so hard for some people and studios to grasp that you can just put another actor in. You don't have to tear up your entire you know, story Bible. You don't have to tear up your entire narrative. You know, oh, now we got to get rid of this character. We got to bring it. Just put in a different actor. It's not hard. Like everybody thinks it's going to be, whenever we, you talk about swapping out one actor for another, everybody acts like it's going to be some, you know, trans meditational mushroom induced brain warp that people go, I don't understand what's happening. That's not the same guy who played it before. Like nobody will get it. We get it. Again, listen, I go back to even one of the most recent high-profile ones when you had uh, Dumbledore. You had Richard Harris. Everybody loved Richard Harris as Dumbledore. Of course we did. And he passed away. Did they go about, oh, well, well now we got to come up with somebody else who's a headmaster. Of the no, it's Dumbledore as the headmaster. They went and got Michael Gambon. Mm -hmm. They brought him in. He did a wonderful job picking up, you know, picking up the baton for Richard Harris. And they moved on. Uh, you look at uh, Science of the Lambs, right? You They changed actresses from the first movie to the second movie. They, they did, changed actors. They changed Hannibal Lecter from the first movie to the second movie. Well, from the original movie. one, yeah. Because yeah, that was uh, that was Succession. It was Brian Cox. Oh, it was Brian Cox. Okay, yeah. it was Brian Cox. Yeah, Succession. Succession you're right. They brought him over. So he was the original one. Then they changed that again. But that was considered a new series, really. I know. But still, even within the series, they changed actresses. Look, people. Look, they did it with Rhodey in the MCU. People's brains didn't melt. Don Cheadle just came on screen, said, yeah, it's me. Deal with it. And then they moved on. I, I just don't think that you throw away the character because you realize too late that Ezra Miller was problematic. I, you keep the character, just change the act. But you do have characters like Jake Eric and Wally West and, and others like that in the world that you could explore. I would just say explore them on their own terms rather than making them a panic swap <clears throat> for all the characters. Just get a new character to, uh, and no, it's not going to be Grant Gustin and it shouldn't be Grant Gustin. And I say that as somebody who really, really likes Grant Gustin, <laughs> but this is, a, this is a different flash. Go out and get a new actor. I don't know, Rob, when you, when the question is posed to you, do you think that they will either a recast Barry or B just bring in a completely different Flash, what do you think they will do and what do you think they should do? I think they should make it Flash 2 Arkham Asylum. Flash is incarcerated. Oh, my God. <laughs> Boom. You they shoot it on location. Take the cameras down to the prison <laughs> restaurant. shot on location. Uh, single location. You know, you've got the rogues gallery that some of them Flash put away. How fast you know? can you pick up that soap, Barry? I'm yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, but I look, I, I think absolutely you can recast. I mean, why not? It's not like James Bond hasn't recast over the last 60 years. And and look, you know, I think that I'm mean, even the Shazam TV show when I was a kid recast Shazam. 
And I knew that Shazam. I talked about Bewitched yesterday. Darren Stevens, in the middle of the series, was recast with a different actor. The star of the show. It went on, you know. Uh, I think people would get it. And the thing is, if Flash, if the Flash 2 script is already written and Flash 1 does well, you think they're not going to make it? Of course they will. Recast the actor. You know, you know how long people will care if the movie's good? About the first five minutes. And then the, if the movie's good, they won't care. And if the actor's charming, they're not going to remember at all either. They're going, nope. oh, yeah, I like this exactly. guy. Exactly. That's all you have to do. I mean, honestly, that's all you have to do. And like you said, winning cures everything. If the script is great, the story's great, people, look at, did, 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 did you think, John, when you were watching The Batman, were you like, where's Christian Bale? No, I was thinking, where's Michael Keaton? Well, yeah. There, no, there no I go. wasn't. It was, a, it was a new thing. I was actually thinking, where's George Clooney? But that's me. <laughs> yeah. One of the best uh actor swaps for the same character was when they swapped actors playing a character in the same movie star wars wedge antilles is sitting in the the uh briefing room with the, the x-wing pilots he's the one that luke turns to and says you know we bullseye womp rats back home they weren't much bigger than that and then a little bit later as they're doing the attack star run dennis lawson is all of a sudden wedge antilles and he wasn't in the earlier scene so like it happens and we're okay we're good so I think they should, and I think they will just recast Ezra. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about that? When they move on from Ezra Miller, do you, they recast Barry, or do they just change the character altogether and go with a Jay Garrick or a Wally West or one of the other ones? Whatever you guys think they're going to do, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, we're going to take a brief second here and thank one of the sponsors of our show. I love these guys, the folks at Masterclass. Hey guys, we want to take a second to thank the sponsor of this video, Masterclass. You guys know we have been sponsored by Masterclass and we love them here at the John Campius Show for giving us in-depth information on a wide variety of topics from the world's best experts. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn the art of filmmaking from James Cameron, improve your cooking skills from Gordon Ramsay, or learn how to make compelling YouTube videos from Marquise Brownlee. With over 150 classes from a range of world class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. I was recently watching through the independent filmmaking course by Spike Lee, and I found it fascinating that not only did he cover the broader topics like working with actors, but he also gets into finer details like working with a cinematographer and how to properly audition a DP for your project. It was fascinating. So guys, I highly recommend that you check it out. Get unlimited access to every class, and as a John Campius Show listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash campia now that's masterclass.com slash campia for 15 percent off masterclass and thank you to our friends at masterclass for putting out such great stuff guys you really should go and check them out as a matter of fact if you look down in the description of this video you'll find links to all of our sponsors and their promo codes because when you support our sponsors you're actually supporting us so anyway thanks again to masterclass Okay, guys, with that all down, we're now going to move into our main topics here today. And how do we select our main topics on the show? Well, that's where you guys come in because you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we should cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit. And then maybe, just maybe you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the John Campia Show. With that down, Alou, 
What is our first main topic today? All right, our first main topic comes to us from Adam Norris. Hey guys, it's Black Adam time. I'm heading out to see the movie tonight and my theater is completely sold out. But I saw that the box office projections for the movie aren't exactly that big. Right around 60 million is what they're saying will be the opening weekend box office number for it. Is that right? I thought it would be a bit higher. Thoughts? So John, what do you think? Is that 60 million projection low for Black Adam? I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm a little surprised because there were some initial longer term numbers that were pegging at that and I thought that's going to go up. It's, it's just, it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson, a comic book movie that we've been waiting 15 years for. It's going to go up. I was actually guessing around 120. I was, I was guessing not, not 200 million or anything like ludicrous like that, but I was actually thinking somewhere around 120. 60 seems a bit low. Now, it's monstrous compared to what's been coming out lately. Yeah. For sure. But <laughs> maybe part of it is the fact that it has been waiting for five, six, seven, like ever since Dwayne Johnson came out at Cinema Concert, I'm playing Black Adam. My boot will be on the throat of those in the D. That was like, if you were pregnant when they announced this, your child is getting married now. <laughs> that's a little bit of an exaggeration, maybe, but that's how long it was. And maybe like just the steam ran out. I mean, I don't know. But to me, it actually feels a little low. Like, again, most movies you make 60 million opening, whatever. I mean, Avatar only made 70-something million in its opening weekend, and it's the biggest box office hit of all time. So it could definitely pick up and have legs. Anyway, this comes to us from the folks over at Deadline who write the following. The movie arrived hot on domestic tracking this month with a 65 to 70 million projection. However, that forecast is calmed to 60 million, especially with reviews currently at 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. Therein lies Black Adam's kryptonite. Hopefully, these numbers don't go any lower. A start in the U.S. slash Canada at 60 million is the upper echelon of Johnson's non-Fast and Furious domestic openings. For example... The Memory Returns opened to $68 million in 2001, and Jumanji, the next level, opened to $59 million in 2019. If the film overperforms, it'll be because there hasn't been much out there for fanboys since Sony's Bullet Train, by the way, I love that movie, uh, during the first weekend of August, which debuted at $30 million and crossed $103 million stateside. And that, again, comes to us from Deadline. So, the tracking was a bit higher, and then I thought it would go up from there, but instead it has come down. Has it been you know, the, the fatigue of how long they've been waiting for it. I personally think the bigger culprit is the thing we've been talking about black Adam for months. It was not a good marketing campaign. We've been saying this from the beginning, like the first trailer was fine. The first, the first trailer was fine, cause, but they never built on that first trailer. And I still could not tell you really what this movie's about. Hey, black Adam wakes up, he's mad and he's a fish out of water in a world. Okay. That's a good setup, but what's the movie about? They haven't even shown the villain in any no, of the market. If they have, it was only for a split second, yeah. right? Like, so we we don't know what's the, even the antagonist. He doesn't say film. a word. Yeah, and so I think a lot of people, the, the marketing campaign, I believe, has failed to motivate people to want to go to the theater. $60 million is just because Dwayne Johnson. That'll get you $60 million. They're right there, right off the start. But they haven't done anything else to tell people why you need to see this. They, they haven't done anything to paint a picture that looks appealing for people to go, other than the fact that it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. They haven't done a good enough job to paint a picture about why you need to come in. Now, Dwayne Johnson's been busting his ass doing the talk show circuit and doing everything he can to promote this movie. But the official marketing of this movie, we have said it for months, has been weak. And I think that's going to be contribute to it. And then 
you know, there is the unfortunate reality that there is a segment of the movie-going audience that simply doesn't trust the DC brand in movies anymore, which, by the way, is why it was a good move by Warner Brothers. I'm going to make everybody cry right now. Get ready, boo-hoo. It was a good idea that they killed the Batgirl movie. And I think the tracking on Black Adam is, is one of the symptoms of that, is the fact that the DC brand does not have a great reputation with, with moviegoers right now. And I think that's also... So it's a, a plethora of things, Rob. How long we've waited for it. The fact that the tr marketing campaign was not very good. The fact that the DC films, unfortunately, don't have the best reputation with their audience right now. So... There's that and maybe other things. Rob, six, let's not pretend like 60 million is a terrible result. But I think most people, if you asked us six months ago, we would have thought that that would be on the low end. What do you attribute this to? Well, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, the marketing the marketing has not, other than generic superhero movie, what, what about yes. it is, look, I would not count Dwayne Johnson out. I mean, the man's charming. He's gone. I, I wouldn't be surprised. He's done everything from every show known demand to promote this thing i think and i'll tell you just people have seen it because it opened up in certain countries last night you know it was available to see people have gone out and seen it i have heard nothing but people are surprised by how much fun they had in it and people are, are they're not they're not deluded they're saying look is it Endgame or civil war or inf no but for what it is i had a really good time and i think i think this is just speculation. I'm, I have not seen the movie. I'm going to see it this afternoon. I think this movie might do better based on the word of mouth. The fact that there's a lot of people that are kind of blasé about this movie. But when they start hearing people going, this is pretty good. It's pretty fun. And I think that people want that. You think it movies. could have like a venom effect? I think yes. I think it absolutely could. It would not surprise me if this movie did 85 to 100 million over the weekend. It wouldn't surprise me. I'm not saying it's going to do that, but I, I, it's kind of, I don't know why. I, th I, I feel it. I feel it at the water. You know, <laughs> I, I, it's just something in the wind here. And I would like to, you know what? I would like to see Dwayne's perseverance rewarded. I know he's a famous wrestler and then a famous movie star and he's richer than, than I'll ever even imagine. And I can imagine quite a bit. <laughs> but I want his perseverance and his joy at making this movie to be rewarded. I mean, he spent, and the fact that, you know, he's made sure other people also were rewarded. And hopefully Warner Brothers will be rewarded by rewarding him. So I, I want this movie to be good, man. Here's hoping. All right, guys, question is for you. What do you think about that? Listen, there are a lot of directors who would kill to have a $60 million opening weekend. And again, remove the Fast and Furious. $60 million puts it up in the upper echelon of what The Rock's openings have been. But... Hasn't it kind of felt like maybe Black Adam with The Rock would be bigger? If it's low for you, why do you think it's going to be low? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, before we move into our second main topic today, get ready because it's game time. We are going to play a little game of movie password. You guys know how this game works. Oh, no. We've got three contestants who are, of course, Robert Meyer Burnett, Ray Ora, and Alumawana is going to be one of our contestants as well. So Ray and uh, Alu have already closed their laptops. Here's how it works. There's going to be an answer. And the answer is going to be movie-related. So either can be a movie title, an actor, something else involving the movies. And if I'm going to give one clue, if the person guesses it on the first clue, they get six points. 
If they don't get it, we move on to the second person with who will get another clue. And if they answer it, they'll get five points. And for every additional clue given, the points drop. So I jumped online earlier and I asked our channel members who they would like to have representing them. So here's what we've got. Rob is representing our channel member, Revan. So Rob is representing Revan. All right, Revan. All right Darth. Alou is representing <laughs> our channel member, Chai Town Rules 09. So Chai Town Rules 09 is being represented by Alou. And then Rob is Ray, going to Ray. be... Oh, sorry, Ray. Is being represented by Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Ray is representing our channel member, Chris Martin. And what is up for grabs here, Rob? Yeah. Well, John, today we're playing for this beautiful Miss Marvel pop. <gasps> Which is? Uh, this is actually a very cool pop. And it's autographed and by, this, uh, by the crew. It is autographed by the crew. So whichever one of our contestants win, the channel member that they are representing will get shipped this Ms. Marvel Funko Pop. All right. I just want to point out that uh, Ray Ora has signed this Chef Pleasures. <laughs> so uh, That doubles the value I mean, His right name, there. Ray Ora, is here too. So you get a bonus signature from Ray. There's actually two bonus signatures on there. They got to find it. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, there are. Yes, there is. There I, could can't, be a director I can't read those other signatures, but all right. All right, guys, let's get into it. We're going to start off here with our first topic. And I need, I'm thinking of actually, uh, let me see. Think of a number between uh, one and 10, Taylor. Just think of one. Okay. Rob, pick a number between one and 10. Five. Alou. Seven. Ray. One. What was the number? Six. All right, so seven. Woo! So Lou will be our first player up. All right. So you will start first. Uh, and how quickly We're would you like me to reveal the answer to the audience? Um, once I say the second clue. Okay. All right. Or once if the person guesses it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. Your first clue for our first topic one is blue. Deep blue sea. <laughs> No, no. Of course, blue wouldn't be in the title oh. because I give it. But so, not deep blue sea. All right, Ray. We go over to you for five points. The first clue is blue. The second clue is fast. Glad he didn't say balls. Three, two, one. Time up. All right, Rob. We go over to you for four points. The first clue was blue. The second clue was fast. The third clue is game. Three, two, one. All right. Time. We have someone that so knows we it. go back over to Alou. We now this is worth three points. The first clue was blue. Second is fast. Third is game. The fourth clue is Schwartz. Sonic the Hedgehog. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I get that? It's a good one. Alou screams into the lead. <laughs> Taylor is, of course, keeping score back there. Yes. Oh, yeah. Great. So awesome. we move on to the second round. Of course, uh, Lou's now in the lead with three points. All right. We're starting off with Ray on this one. Oh, boy. <laughs> Your oh, man, first clue slammed to the first is place. Downey. Perfect. Easy. Iron Man. Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> well, but Rob, I to you, you, for five points, the first clue was Downey. The second clue is awful. Dr. Doolittle. Correct for five points. Oh, <laughs> Rob streaks into the lead uh, now. The other uh, clues are going to be physician, animals, Robert, uh, and CGI. All right. So was that uh, five points for That Rob. was five, five points for Rob. Oh, man. 
All right, we move into round number three. And Rob, we're going to start with you on this one. Do it, Rob. Your first clue is pots. Three, two. Iron Man. Incorrect. <laughs> All right, we move over to you, Lou. For five points, the first clue was pots. The second clue is Disney. Beauty and the Beast. Correct Woo! for five points. And Alou takes the lead mm -hmm. back. I'm Woo! just watching from now. <laughs> I'm just a spectator now. Oh. All right. Come we on, move Rob. on to round number four. It is eight to five to zero right now. Still 18 <laughs> points up for grab here. So we move on to round number four. And we are starting with uh, Alou again. Oh. Alou. Your first clue is Streep. The Devil Wears Prada? Incorrect. That would have been awesome, though. Yeah, yeah that, that would have been, been pretty good. All right, Ray, we go over to you now. The first clue is Streep. The second clue is Musical. Oh. Into the Woods. Incorrect, but good guess. All right. Rob, we move over to you for four points. The first clue was Streep. The second clue was Musical. The third clue is Brosnan. Come on. Three. Oh, God. Um, two. I knew this after Ray got one. wrong. One. Time. I don't know. All right. Oh, my God. We go over to Alou now for three points. The first clue was Streep. Second is Musical. Third is Brosnan. The fourth clue is ABBA. Mama Mia. Correct. For three more points. It's all right, over, Rob. What's the score now? All right, as of right now, Alu is in the lead with 11 points. Rob is in second place with five points, and Ray is in dead last with zero points. You had they can still win this. Actually, this it's mathematically like possible Ray can win this. All right, we got two rounds left. I better get this. We move into round number five. Ray, we're starting with you. There is the first clue <laughs> is drive. Really? Three. <laughs> I like how your finger was up like you were calling your shot. Uh, Two. One. for speed. Incorrect. All right. Rob, for five points, and to keep you in this, your first clue was drive. Your second clue is la. Is what? La. La? Oh. Three. Oh. Two. One. Ryan Gosling. For five points! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Ryan oh Gosling. Oh my God, it's going to be. <laughs> hey, I knew it when you said drive. Okay. Oh, well, I, just, I thought that was too easy. But what that. was the second one? Was like La. La. Said la. la for La La Land. Oh. And I, that, as soon as he said La, I was like. I couldn't say La La. That's yeah. technically yeah. two words, right? Yeah. So, wow, the other clues were oh going to be God. Mendez, Canadian, and Blade, and Runner. I'm a spectator now. But, all right. So, what, what does that make the score now? All right. So, it's neck to neck. Oh. I think that's a phrase. Alu has 11, Rob has 10, and just as a reminder, Ray has zero. All right. So, Ray will not win this, oh God, but he Rob. can still place in here. You know, zero's. Get on the board, man. For Get aura, on the board baby. for your member. <laughs> it's the O for oh. Aura. Get on the board for your member. All right. No, that's, that's, we move on to the aura. final round now. Aura with a zero. And who was first up on that one? Oh, it's Rob's first. Oh, yeah. It's Rob's you first now? You can take now? it right here. All right. This is the last question? Uh, here we go. Uh-oh. Rob's uh, category number six for six points and the win. Your first clue is glove. Glove. Three. Two. Spinal Tap. Oh. Incorrect. All right. 
Alou, we go over to you Oof. for five points and the win. Oh, gosh. The first clue is glove. The second clue is Avengers. Thanos? Incorrect. <laughs> we move over to Ray. I think Ray might well, know what, it. What, what, what does it matter? <laughs> we move over to Ray. Ray, the first clue was glove. The second clue was Avengers. Your third clue is Thanos. Oh. Chanos. Three. Two. Infinity War? Incorrect. Oh, Ooh. my God. All right. Rob, we move over to you for three points and the win. <laughs> oh, no. Clue number one is Glove. Number two is Avengers. Number three is Thanos. Number four is Stones. The Infinity Gauntlet. Correct for the win. Robert Meyer Burnett has won his first game. Password. I haven't won a game in a, since we started I'm playing. I'm so sorry, Alou. Rob, take it home. Because I, so I thought it was just movie related. I thought it was movie <laughs> password. Why is the answer it, not a movie? No, it can be it's actor, always it can a, be... an actor, a movie title, just something to do with movie. No, no. Ryan no. Gosling isn't a movie. I will protest it. <laughs> Infinity Gauntlet so is idea. not a movie. <laughs> now there's Ryan Gosling. So anyway. Well, technically, it's based on the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. There's there an go. asterisk by your win, Rob. <laughs> that is not true. That was the Lou is the true winner here. I really thought Alou was going to get it once it we said down. Avengers. I was like, Rob. But then you said Thanos, which is a good guess. So, Did you sign that, Alou? The, the... Oh, he'll not. get yeah, yeah. We'll get her to do that after the yes. show. You must sign that. Our draw winner is Revan. <laughs> Revan, our remember Revan? All right, Revan. He's going to be getting this Ms. Marvel pop. And uh, all right, guys. Yeah, enjoy that fake win, Rob. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's better than cheating than winning. Oh, 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 oh you're still, okay. you're still going no, on. that narrative, baby. Come on. All right. I will always push the message. With that down, cheating. guys, let's move on to main topic number two. Alou, what is our second main topic today? All right. Topic number two comes to us from Daniel Hogan. The question with Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, has never been would it be would it open big but rather how big according to the first tracking numbers from box office pro they're estimating black panther 2 could open between 180 to 225 million these numbers not only guarantee an opening weekend record for the month of november but a possibility of hitting the top five all-time openings if it can best the last jedi's 220 million dollar opening weekend what are your thoughts on these numbers for black panther 2 so what do you think, John? Do you think Black Panther 2 can crack the five all-time openings? If you would have asked me this six months ago, I would have said no. Uh, again, I've always thought a couple things. Number one, that the movie's going to be great because Ryan Coogler's directing it. That's just an automatic. It's going to be great. But I also thought that it carried with it two particular problems. Problem number one is that it's missing its star and problem number two it's missing its lead character so because of that six months ago i would have told you that i really would have would have high doubts that it could crack like the top five biggest opening weekend of all time and by the way let's bring this up here is as a reminder here's your top five all-time opening weekend box office champs uh number one obviously the avengers endgame with a 357 i don't know that that number is ever going to be beat as a matter of fact but at any rate 357.1 million 
Uh, number two, Spider, like almost a hundred million behind it. Yeah. And number two is Spider-Man: No Way Home with two hundred sixty point one, Avengers: Infinity War with two hundred fifty-seven point seven, Star Wars: The Force Awakens at two hundred forty-seven point nine million, and the one highlighted here. This is the one to catch: Star Wars: The Last Jedi, two hundred twenty million dollars. All right. So, if Black Panther: Wakanda Forever can get the top end of that range, they're saying between one eighty-five and 225 if it can let's let's bring that up one more time jonathan if it can that last final spot on the top five like it's it's not going to get star wars the force awakens it's not going to get that but if they can get across that 220 million mark it will take its place in the top five and it'll reshape the top five to being four disney or four marvel films the top five is already all disney disney owns the top five but now we're going to, it'll be four out of the five of them will be Marvel films as well. All right. I said six months ago, Rob, I would have said, no, can't happen. I would have had my doubts then after the first trailer. The first trailer came out and it was so, remember we were just talking about how um, Black Adam's marketing has done nothing to really appeal to the audience other than saying, look, everybody, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's in this, which is great, but it hasn't done anything to convince people to come. That first Black Panther trailer they dropped was gave everybody a reason to come see this movie. Everybody felt it. Everybody felt it when they watched that trailer, right? You could feel the emotion and, and the heart that was poured into it. The second trailer, I didn't think it was quite as good as the first trailer, but it was a banger trailer as well. Again, just expanding on this world, giving us reasons why you got to come see this. Hey, T'Challa may not be in it. Chadwick Boseman may be gone, but there's a lot of reasons to come see this movie. And... I would say today, you know what? If it, if the over under was fifty percent, I would give the over that it be if that it beats one twenty or uh, two two uh, two twenty. I mean, maybe I'm just letting my enthusiasm and the the uh, momentum get to me, but I think it will hit the top end of that number, and that is a total reversal from me. Uh, but that's what happens, right? You get in new information, you, new things happen, you reevaluate your position on things. But this is a total reversal for me from what I would have thought six months ago. I'm actually thinking, you know what? Yeah, I think it can crock that top five. Anyway, Rob, you see this. Where do you think, what do you think about the range they're giving it? And where do you think it'll ultimately kind of come in on its opening weekend? Well, first of all, there's a car commercial with the door melage. Yeah, I saw that actually. Yes. I, I want to see this movie so bad when that car commercial comes on before a YouTube video I'm going to watch, I stop and watch the entire commercial just to see the door melage. I mean, that's how excited I am to see this movie. Um I I think honestly, <laughs> I think that this this franchise, this movie in particular means a lot to a lot of people. More than just this is not just a movie. No. This is literally a cultural event that not only is celebrating a man's life, it's celebrating, I don't know, cultures around the world. We've added to those cultures as well. I mean, we have Mesoamerican culture now being celebrated. You've got, I think that there's a lot of people who, and I, look, I, this is the most excited I've been for a Marvel movie in a long time. If only because it seems so interesting to me. Like, what's this movie going to be about? We don't even know. I mean, I, 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 going into this movie, we know that Riri Williams is in there. We know Ironheart's in there. We know Namor's in there. Maybe Dr. Victor Von Doom's in there. I don't know. All I know is that Angela Bassett's in there, and that gets me in the door. <laughs> I can't wait to see this movie. And I think I'm not alone. I think that there's, 
there's going to be a real excitement about this film as we move closer because I think it works on a number of different levels for a number of different people for different reasons. And I think people are going to get excited about it. Dude, as they saturate our feeds and our commercials and our sporting events with trailers for this movie, I think I'm going to be like a kid having too much cotton candy at the <laughs> I, state fair. But you, you haven't answered the question yet. Oh, do I think, <laughs> yeah, how's it well, going to do? Yes, no, I think like you, I think it's going to make... I think it is going to crack that top five. You I think, think it's going to kick. There. Yeah, I think it's going to kick the Last Jedi out, only because first of all, this movie looks like it kicks ass. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in this movie, but it looks like it kicks ass. I mean, there's there's military action. There's Dormelage leaping off a wall into a flooded Wakanda. There's Namor. There's all kinds of things going on in this movie. I expect this movie. You know, it comes with rainbows and angels will sing as we approach the theater just when we get in. <laughs> I think it's going to make that much money. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with Rob. This is the first movie I think I've been excited about. And I haven't been excited for, I mean, in a long time. Like the last movie I think I was excited to see opening night was Sonic 2. I mean, I'm I'm so excited for this movie. I have in my closet hung up my white Levi's that I just bought. My white, <laughs> you know, my white yep. gear. I'm going to. Like you, John, dressing all, all white. white. Respect. All white. Um, I can't wait to see. I mean, it's introducing an element that we haven't really used in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's water in the ocean. You know what I mean? So it's going to be, I'm terrified of the ocean. <laughs> it's the last place I would ever want to die. Like I would burn to death or fall off a building, whatever. <laughs> But leave me in the middle of the ocean, no thanks. No, no way. Well, what if the no way Empire rescued you? I want to feel the ocean in this movie. Every time we're underwater, I want to get sick. Like, <laughs> I, 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 wow. By the way, he's not kidding. He's not kidding about his excitement for uh, Sonic 2. Because so we're, we, he, he, I, and uh, Anne went to go see it, right? And he's like, like every joke, one adult voice. <laughs> and then... And then at the end, who is it that pops up at the shadow. end? Shadow. Shadow, yeah. When when at the end, like Shadow comes yeah. up and like some of the kids in there knew the Shadow comes up and goes, Fuck yeah! <laughs> like crazy. Like, he didn't say fuck. He didn't say fuck. But he's like, yeah. like one adult. This one like, adult dude and says, yeah. Push the little kids away. It's so good. It's yeah. such a good movie. <laughs> what, what do you think? Like, look, th this movie's coming, obviously, coming off the first one was a billion dollar film, a best picture nominee. Have you been sensing like enough people are going to be excited to go to see this to make it crock that top five? Oh, yeah. I, I was nervous for a little bit because there was so much pushback with like, oh, we're not going to see it because, you know, the main character isn't in it and yada, yada, yada. But now, like Rob was saying, with all the promo they're doing and the commercials and just the aspect of Namor and the ocean, I, I'm the opposite of Ray. I love the ocean. Oh. How are you going to be Pacific Islander? No. <laughs> I know, I know. And let's just get back to Angela Bassett's dresses. <laughs> I mean, her headgear and her dresses. Come on. Well, we should point out, too, is it Monday we're going to uh, with Ruth's interview? Yeah, uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesdays. So Tuesday on the channel, we will be putting up a new episode of Designing Hollywood with the the Academy Award winning Oscar, uh, Oscar winning designer of Black Panther and Black Panther Two, and so uh, keep your guys eyes open. She's for that. very impressive. She began her Hollywood career designing for Spike Lee on his second feature, School Days. Mm -hmm. So she's been she's got thirty almost thirty five years in the business, and she's extraordinary. All right, guys, question is for you. 
What do you think? Do you think that Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever can open big enough to crack the top five all-time box office films in history? It would be at the top of its range right now. I'm thinking it can get there, and I never would have thought that before. Do you think it will? Maybe it'll come in just short? Hell, even if it opens at the $170 million, that's that's one of the greatest opening of all time, but can it crack that 220? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, we're going to take a second here and thank another sponsor of our video today, our friends at DraftKings. Hey, guys, we want to take a second and thank a sponsor of today's video, DraftKings. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the new season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. So check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost up their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Just go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where you need to go to bet on the NBA. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code CAMPIA, that's C-A-M-P-E-A. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code Campia. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. And thank you to our friends at DraftKings for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Alou, what is our third main topic today? All right. Main topic number three comes from Lincoln Lorenzo. Hello, John. Welcome. Return to Silent Hill is the new movie based on Silent Hill 2. Classic game. Revealed during the Silent Hill transmission, the film will be directed by Christoph Gans, the director of the first Silent Hill film. In my opinion, the first movie was one of the best game adaptations. At least it is considered one of the most faithful by the fans. What do you think of this news? Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in. Yeah, look, I don't care. I, 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 I'm not a fan of the Silent Hill games. I don't hate them. I'm saying I'm not a fan. And the first Silent Hill movie that came out in 2006 was Sean Bean. And I, I love Sean Bean. I thought it was a snooze fest. Really? Yeah. I I really didn't think it was all that good. I, I don't think it's one of the worst films I've ever seen or anything like that. But I thought it was pretty much a bit of a snoozer. But I, I know a number of people who actually quite like it. I know a lot of people love the game franchise. So this is being set up, they're saying, as a direct sequel to that original movie. This comes to us from the folks over at... Uh, Engadget, who wrote the following. Konami's Silent Hill 2 remake for PC and PlayStation 5 isn't the only reimagining of the classic 2001 game on the horizon. The company just announced that the story is also being adapted into a new major motion picture. Return to Silent Hill will apparently serve as a direct sequel to the original 2006 adaptation and will be helmed by the very same director, Christoph Gans. The project seems to still be in the development phase. There's no teaser trailer, just a handful of story images and pieces of conceptual art. Gans spent most of the announcement talking about the plot of the game itself. We decided to go back to the best of these stories, he said during Konami's Silent Hill transmission live stream. The film tells the story of a young guy coming back to Silent Hill where he has known a great love and what he's going to find is a pure nightmare. And that again comes to us from the folks at Engadget. A direct, listen, I know it's all the rage lately to have these direct sequels to older films, 
I don't know if this is the one to do it with or a lot of people are really going to care, to be honest. So I look again, I'm not saying this is a bad idea. I'm just saying this is one that doesn't catch my interest. Rob, you've read this. What do you think? Good idea? Bad idea? I, I, I'm a fan. I'm a Silent Hill fan. I, I really thought that starting to play the game, you know, I want to say I played it on PlayStation 2. Ray, would that be, would Silent Hill be PlayStation 2? There was a PlayStation 1. I think it came out of PlayStation. No, wait. Uh, I, it might have been PlayStation 2. Yeah, I, I played and I thought I was surprised. I mean, there was a lot. At first, you do a lot of walking. It's like you walk into this town. And I was unnerved. I thought that the, it had a great vibe to it. I really enjoyed the game. I thought the creatures, the monsters, that it was really genuinely creepy. By the way, some of the live chatters, including Sebastian, is saying that the it was the PS1. Oh, PS2. The PS, I, didn't, I did not play PS1, so I, whatever version I had was PS2 um, or PS3, but I think it was PS2. Um, uh, I liked the movie. I thought the first movie was pretty good. And I liked the depiction of the creatures. I liked the, the, the feeling of it. Christoph Gans, he also directed Brotherhood of the Wolf. And he's a he's a pretty great. Which is not bad. Not action. bad. Yeah, I like that. He's one. a pretty great director. He can do action. He can do horror. I this excites me. And the fact that first of all, if there is a town like Silent Hill and all this, these shenanigans are going on, like why don't they wipe it off the face of the map? Why don't they? <laughs> why don't they use an aerosol bomb like they use the beginning of Outbreak and just take it out? Why would you leave? Like fifteen years later, he returns to Silent Hill. Like no one's figured out this. This is the scariest place on earth. <laughs> It Guess sounds not. like it, right? Silent Hill. Who would ever go on vacation to a place called it Silent Hill? Yeah, all the very relaxing and people that probably like, disappeared. Sounds very relaxing. Yeah, can I go to Silent Hill? That's great. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there was this VR game, right? Did you ever see the footage of people playing this VR game? Yeah, they had it a looked, Silent Hill VR game. Uh, yeah, I, I, if that I'm remembering creep, it right. Creepy. Oh hell no! Yeah, it was really creepy. There's a lot of uh, reactions on YouTube. It jump scares or whatever. Oh, no. yeah. I mean, there's look. There's there's one of my favorite horror films of all time is a Japanese movie called Pulse that they remade in America. They made three of them. They're terrible. Uh, directed by Kyushu Kurosawa. And it has a it has a very Silent Hill feel to it. It's like existential dread. And that's kind of, it's the same vibe. And if they can do that, like create that again, I think it could be great. Elevated horror, John. Elevated horror. All right, guys. Question is for you. Is uh, another Silent Hill movie elevated horror? Uh, maybe you really like the first one. You think this is an exciting announcement. Maybe you're more like me. You're like, man, whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move into main topic number four. Alu, what is our fourth main topic today? All right. Our fourth main topic comes to us from Jordan Palpatine and... He oh. says, <laughs> wrong button. There you go. <laughs> he says, hey, John, while attending London Film Festival this week, Emily Blunt was asked about how she felt seeing John Krasinski in the MCU, to which she emphasized how much she loved seeing him in it and understanding the passions fans have for the MCU. Surprisingly, when asked if her husband does return for Reed, she held up a finger to her mouth and said, I hope so. John, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Emily is not the type of person to stir the drama pot, but... Did she just hint at Krasinski returning? Why would she insinuate that for no reason? What do you think, John? Bring on the filthy. So what do you think, John? Was Emily Blunt just being cheeky or do you think there's some hidden subtext behind that? All right, this is, listen, as we play the never ending game of movie fans taking scraps of things and building entire world philosophies out of them and really trying to stretch things, this isn't the biggest stretch. Okay, so basically, 
like they said, she was at this event and she was asked straight up about uh, about her husband doing things. Now, this comes to us from the direct and it's like Blunt says, I was really happy for him because I think he's a huge fan and I understand why it's such an ardent passion religion for people. It's a huge part of our cinematic history now. So he was thrilled. Then the interviewer asks, well, I think everyone else as well is hoping we can see him again. Then Blunt said, yeah, well, I hope so. I hope so. You never know. Now, here's the thing about that. Just reading the words doesn't fully communicate how she said it. Because as she was saying it, she literally made this face. This is exactly what she did. When she was saying, yeah, well, I hope so. I hope so. You never know. And then she brings up her thing. I also think she was a little bit tipsy. Like I watched the interview and she's clearly at a pretty cool, awesome event. She may have had one or two adult beverages at it. So maybe, you know, it loosens the lips a little bit. I, I don't know. Channeling but, her inner Madison, perhaps. And her, <laughs> she might become a superhero. <laughs> she may be. A team of Madisons. So look, do I think we can look at this answer and her doing the little whatever as definitive proof that John Krasinski will actually continue playing Reed Richards in the MCU. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. No, no, we cannot. Uh, she does not say he is, anything like that. However, would I think what just transpired is enough to at least warrant a conversation? Uh, that I do. Like, Again, you don't make this face... Again, if if there's nothing uh, if there's nothing here to talk about, right? <laughs> you don't make that face if there's nothing here to talk you know, about. This might this image might be a mainstay for our show. Yeah, that, I, I that think might it be is. A repeat. It's a spoiler. Like, every time Rob's going to say something, yeah. bring, yeah. Up, yeah. bring up this I'm thing. Saving this image. Just print, print her out. Put her on rust. So, so, so here's the thing. So, of course, we know John Krasinski was the object of the biggest fan casting ever, practically. Uh, getting him, but he was only in Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Then comments from f some of the film writers said, yeah, they were able to do that because they knew it was a one-off, right? They, he was just another universe's version. And the whole idea, they seemed to steer the conversation that he wasn't going to be Reed Richards anymore. And, and that's fine. I'm totally cool with that. I think he'd make a great Reed Richards. I think a lot of different actors can make a great Reed Richards. It does not have to be John Krasinski. But there's no denying that's what a lot of the fans want to see. And it is even possible, since no official announcements have been made about any other castings, that he just looks great. As he Reed. does look great Come as Reed. They need to put a little bit more gray in the sides of his hair, but yeah. other than that, he looks great as Reed. He looks like the smartest man on the planet in, in many ways. <laughs> but they, there was time that they could have, if they were thinking about going another direction, once they see the fan reaction to all this, that they could, you know what? Let's revisit this thing with John Scott. Again, I'm not saying that's what happened. But does this Emily Blunt situation make me feel think that John Krasinski being Reed Richards could still be in play? Yeah. If I had to put five bucks on it, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet that he was going to be Reed Richards moving forward, but I think it's more possible today than I thought yesterday. Rob, you see Emily Blunt's reaction, you hear her statements. We don't have an official cast announced yet for Fantastic Four. What do you think? Do you think anything about this hints that maybe he could still be our Reed Richards? Well, John, Emily Blunt is, after all, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And she is. And that little shh certainly looks like a spoonful of sugar, doesn't it? <laughs> and uh, I, I'm going to say yes. There, uh, you know, if Mary Poppins can return, 
why can't John Krasinski return as Reed Richards? <laughs> Those seem totally equated. Those seems like two totally <laughs> hey, same, man, you same know, things. They're a Disney household. They are. They're a Disney household. They both work for Disney. They both work for the Mouse House. Uh, they both played iconic characters. I mean, do you think they argue who could take one? Do you think Mary Poppins could take Reed Richards? Do they play that game at home? I think do their she, kids play that game? I think she could take out Scarlet Witch. I, I yeah. think I think There's Mary Poppins a movie. is a sorcerer supreme. Is a bring Mary Poppins into the MCU and you find out mm. she is the leader of all of the sorceresses since the beginning of time. What if Mary Poppins? Follow oh me here. <laughs> is the origin story of oh the boy. ancient one that we saw in the first Doctor Strange movie? Wow. What if she, what wow. if Mary Poppins turns into the I, ancient one? I actually had a question. Oh, I'm glad you brought up about multiverse of mad multiverse of madness. Does him getting his ass kicked in that movie kind of Paint the him returning as Reed Richards because he, he multi everybody got but that was at that moment though Scarlet Witch was the most powerful being on the planet so like she whooped everybody by the way look at that picture they're look great at the two couple. of them that's a couple man that is one superheroic power couple there are three couples in Hollywood that I always said would actually make me really sad to find I don't care what happens to celebrity but three that would make me really sad one if Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner broke up, and that happened, and I'm still dealing with that. Uh, the other is uh, Hugh Jackman and his wife. Beverly Furness. Yeah, I, I would I would hate to hear that they broke up. And I would it'll crush me if I find out these guys ever break up. Okay, that there's one me. other you got to add to this. Oh, what's that? Paul Bettany and Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, that's another one. Come yeah. on now. They're oh, great. They're together? They're t- yeah. Ray is like, Are you kidding? For a really long time. Ray, both, both again. Ray another, scratches the potential name I off the list. Another Gar- couple Jennifer- that's in the MCU. Jennifer Connolly and Vision. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, I, I mean, yeah, anyway. Just I, saying, I mean. I don't, I, I don't know what it has to do with anything. <laughs> I just think that in that household, in the blunt Krasinski household, there's a lot of magic happening. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's. Oh, I mean, because she's Mary Poppins. What did you think I meant? But when it comes from your mouth, yeah. I just mean that I think there's a good possibility that he might be Reed Richards again. That's all I'm saying. Let me ask you this, though. Let's say, for argument's sake, and it's just for the sake of discussion, let's say John Krasinski does end up being our Reed Richards moving forward. What do you think the chances are that he wasn't going to be, but the fan, but they changed course after seeing the response to him in Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness? I, I, no, I, I, you know what? Here's the thing. I think that who else would be Reed Richards? I mean, I, what I would do is, is think, and there's a lot of actors. I mean, they talk about Penn Badgley being Reed, Reed Richards. Well, I think would do a very fine I, I think job. He'd do a fine job, yeah. but he doesn't have. John Krasinski is is a he's like a six four. And you know, he it, watching him play Jack Ryan, he's a strapping young man. Uh, well, maybe not so young, but I just believe. And he did that show during the pandemic. Yeah, you know, I just—he's the kind of guy that I would—I would follow behind him where he where he leads me to go. I will follow, and I think he has. He doesn't. He. I think if you put him as a front person, because Reed Richards is going to be fronting the MCU. He's a guy that not only we as an audience. You think that he's the next Steve Rogers, Tony Stark? He's different than that. Right. But I do mean, you think he's like now the the because those two were the heart and soul of the MCU. Do you think this Reed Richards is going to be set up as the front man of the MCU moving forward? I think he's going to be the heart and soul of the okay. MCU moving forward. I don't know necessarily if he's the action front man because he's more of the commanding general, I would think. But but I, I I could see look I could see I I'm a big Anthony Mackie fan, 
And I would like to see, there's a reason why Captain America is called new, the new one's called New World Order. I could see Anthony Mackie, Anthony Mackie and Reed, Captain America as uh, Sam Wilson and Reed Richards are a formidable team together to lead the MCU forward, I think. All right, guys, the question is for you. What do you think? What, is this all making much ado about nothing with Emily Probably. Blunt saying some things? Oh, yeah. Good, good, good possibility. Could all just that. be just a little humdiddle, humdiddle. Yeah. Or do you think possibly like with her little face and like, we can't say anything. Like, do you think maybe that is hinting to something else coming up? Anyway, whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, we are now going to open up our Super Chats. If you have a thought, theory, opinion, or question that you'd like to have us read and comment on during the second half of the show here, now is your time. The Super Chats are open. You can fire those in. Remember, though, we only leave them open for a couple of minutes, so you got to get those in fairly quickly. Now, before we get to those Super Chats, we're going to take a second to thank the main sponsor of our show here today, my phone service provider, Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to take a second to thank the sponsor of this video, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month. And now for the plot twist. I'm just kidding. There isn't one. Mint Mobile just has premium wireless from 15 bucks a month. There's no trapping you into a two-year contract or opening the bill to find all these crazy fees. There's no luring you in with free subscriptions to streaming services that you'll forget to cancel and be charged full price for. With my old wireless provider, every month when I opened the bill, it was like playing roulette. I never knew how big the bill was going to be and it always seemed to get bigger. With Mint Mobile it's totally different. I know exactly how little I'm paying every month and there's never any surprises. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a family. And at Mint Mobile, families start at just two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And guys, you get to use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. So transferring over couldn't be easier. So to get premium wireless from just 15 bucks a month and no unexpected plot twists, go to mintmobile.com slash campia. That's mintmobile.com slash campia. You'll make your wallet very happy at mintmobile.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at Mint Mobile for sponsoring the John Campia Show. Okay, guys, with that all down now, let's get to the super chats that you guys have been firing in. Alu, what do we have in the super chats? All right, we're going to start with Andy. Thank you, Andy. Instead of calling them the Avengers, that fake Avenger merchandise seller in She-Hulk should have called them the Justice League instead. Oh, my God. How funny would that have been? That would have been pretty funny. If you saw such a, but, uh, saw a bunch of Walmart-looking Marvel characters <laughs> called the Justice League. Okay, that would that that would have been some fighting words though. That would that could have sparked something that nobody wants. No, no that could have been fun though. I would have been there for it. All right, what's next? All right, A. Marcellus, what is your over-under that Luke shows up in the Ashoka, Ahsoka show and meets Ezra? I know it's point it's pointless fan service, but seeing Luke, Ezra, and Ahsoka working together would be nice, even if it's short-lived. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. I think it would be a terrible story idea. However, they are kind of fan service happy over there. Yeah. Even if it makes no sense, even if it doesn't actually add anything to anything, they love shrinking the universe. Um, I would say 50%. I, I don't want to make it a coin toss. I, they absolutely should not. They should absolutely not. But I think there's a pretty good chance they do. Rob, what do you think? They're going to do it. 
Think so? Yeah. <laughs> They're going to do it. All right. What's next? Sam Fisher says, Rob, you can't tell me uh, Star Trek Lower Decks bringing back George Takei as Hikaru Sulu in Episode 8 to talk about loss wasn't the most amazing moment of New Trek. It's not real. He's animated. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, they brought back the real George Takei in Star Trek Voyager. Did they? I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah. He came back in Voyager I... as, as captain of the Excelsior. That's I better. I can't Look, remember that. Here's the thing about Lower Decks. I like Lower Decks, but Lower Decks is... Actually, I'm going to drop a, a thing about that on my YouTube channel. But <laughs> I, it's 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 good. Lower Decks is good. I I I I don't love it because you know somebody pointed out somebody wrote a letter to me and said that they wish that Lower Decks was more like Mash in that very funny show, but they still dealt with the reality of the situation of the Korean War and and what went on, and it they wish that Lower Decks was more like MASH in that the, the characters in Lower Decks feel that they're not competent to do their jobs because they're, they're a goof. So they, this person did not believe that those characters would ever be assigned to a starship. And I think that's a problem with the show. Um, whereas a, a show like MASH was hilariously funny, but you believed all those people were good at their jobs. But yes, Lower Decks isn't bad and it's gotten better. All right, come on. This is me saying something good about Marvel Star Trek. There you go. All right, what's next? All right, Jay Master sending in a $20 super chat. Thank you, Jay Master. Appreciate that, man. John, fun fact. Did you know Alu was an extra in Disney Plus (laughs) Chippendale Rescue Rangers? She was the one cosplaying as Moana in the convention center where Chippendale show up. Andre Meadows points this out. Wow, Jay, thanks for the I did not know that. Were you (laughs) actually an extra in that? Yeah, it was crazy. Um... They had me. It was so weird because I didn't mean to do that. I was meant to do that. (laughs) Yeah, it it wasn't just kind of like an extra as in a, you know, just a cattle call type of thing. They specifically were looking for cosplayers and they were just like, show me your stuff. And usually when castings are looking for cosplayers, they don't want you to have copyright infringement costumes. But they were like, what are your Disney costumes? I was like, "Ooh, what is this project? So they had me come in with my own Moana cosplay that I already had. And yeah, they ended up booking me for the role. Um, and we filmed a bunch of stuff and, uh, that made it in. And I'm also in the trailer, but fun fact that people probably don't know and didn't see. I also, I filmed as Moana, I believe two days. And then one day they had me dressed in a onesie as a Bugs Bunny from Space Jam, but you can't see my face. I'm like covered with the ears and everything. I think it's the scene where Baloo crashes through the crowd. You can see my back in the little jersey that says Bugs Bunny on it. But yeah. (laughs) Okay. You know what? I haven't watched Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Now I gotta watch it. It's If you're an 80s buff fan, whatever. You're canon. It's really fun. You're in-universe canonical character in Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, which means you're breaking the fourth wall Night right now by being here. My friend said my new handle should be Multiverse Moana. Oh, that's not a bad. That's not a bad handle. Pretty good. So just took it right yeah. now. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now. All right. Rob What's loves next? nicknames. I think that's a great. That's, oh, that's a great a, nickname. Um, yeah. Multiverse yeah. Moana. Got to redo my whole brand. Multiversal <laughs> Moana. AKA Anomaly says, "How do you defend Man of Steel?" Oh, how you defend Man of Steel is how I defend Tenet. It's a masterclass of intriguingly complex storytelling and story composition, a film ahead of its time that gets better every rewatch. Listen, there is no, like, I remember the first time I watched Tenet, and I was like, I have no idea what I just saw, but I have a feeling it was made brilliantly. Like, (laughs) I mean, it's Christopher Nolan, right? But here's, here's the thing, though. 
part of being an effective storyteller is not talking over the heads of your audience. Part of being an effective storyteller is making sure you're telling your complex story, utilizing your storytelling skills in such a way that it, that it soaks into your audience, that your audience perceives and grasps it. When people don't understand instructions I'm, I'm giving, it's not because they don't get it, it's because I'm not giving the instructions properly, right? And I would say Christopher Nolan is a brilliant, one of my favorite filmmakers. But at the same time, I think sometimes he needs to reel himself in a bit and understanding that, okay, I know this in my head. Is it actually coming across on screen the way it is in my head? Also, turn up the damn volume level on people's dialogue. How about that too? So, uh, but listen, there's no doubt. Like I, I've watched Tenet now several times with the uh, subtitles on because that's the only way you can understand half the dialogue. And it, it is, it's, it's brilliant. It really, really is. But there's a reason a lot of the audience walked out of Tenet the first time going, I, I don't really know what I just saw. Like, I just, I just don't know. And again, to be an effective storyteller, you got to be able to tell your story in a way that your audience grasps it and because you got something in your head if you explain it the wrong way i don't know how would you address that well i think you're absolutely right uh, look i've watched tenant and uh, it's beautifully made i mean it's so handsomely mounted i really like the acting the visual effects are impeccable but i find it needlessly convoluted like i understand it it's it feels to me like he's there's obfuscation happening where he he didn't quite nail the story i mean the story's there but his methodology like i get tripped up with the the actual mechanics of this time traveling. i think a lot of people did and i think it just doesn't work you know it's it, it's beautifully made and all that but and i also have a problem when they show people going backwards through time it's one thing to travel backwards through time but you're being reversed like you're a, on a tape you know the tape's being played backwards so you're moving backwards which seems odd to me because it doesn't feel like you're actually moving backwards through time. It, it feels more like, okay, you're showing me a clip. And so part of the clip sometimes is going backwards and some of it's going forwards, but I don't believe it. I, I know it seems strange, but I don't believe people going back through time actually moving backwards because that doesn't seem right, if that makes any sense. I mean, Michael J. Fox wasn't going backwards through time when he took the DeLorean back in Back to the Future. Yeah, but who says that was the right way to do well, it? Well, it's, it's true. It is It is true. Yeah, but right, in Endgame, true. they said that That's back not to the how time travel works. <laughs> All right, what's next? We're scientists now. <laughs> All right. Fry Minis says, just watched Serpico? Serpico. Serpico. Serpico, sorry. Just watched Serpico for the first time. Something magical about a dirty 1970s New York. Is there? <laughs> there is. <laughs> is yeah, there? There is. Really enjoyed the movie, but Serpico wore some wacky outfits. How do y'all feel about the movie? I mean, Serpico is one of the first movies I ever watched. Wow. Actually, like I, I remember my dad having that and, and bringing home and playing Serpico. It's, it's still to this day actually considered one of the standards. Like, oh yeah, it, it's it's one of those movies not on Godfather level. But Serpico is kind of like The Godfather in the sense that when you watch Godfather for the first time, and I've had the pleasure of seeing a bunch of people watch Godfather for the first time, and then you see this light bulb go off of like, oh my God, all the movies that have directly influ been influenced by The Godfather. It's like, now that I see The Godfather, I understand the reference in this movie and that movie, and I recognize that in that movie borrowed this from that. Serpico, for like the gritty cop stuff, 
is actually one of those movies too that when you see Serpico, you realize how much it's been, how much, how influential it's been. What would you say? To that? I know I agree with you. I mean, first of all, there is something magical about scuzzy seventies New York, you know, where there was burning people burning things in fifty gallon oil drums to keep warm at night, and there was just random stripped cars in the road. I mean, I thought Ridley Scott did a great job in American Gangster of sort of recreating that feel. But 70s movies like French Connection and Serpico, those cop thrillers, they're great. And and Pacino is great in Serpico. And by the way, John, uh, if you'd like, I do have Serpico on 4K. Of course you do. <laughs> um, and uh, it's foreign, though, and I don't know if you'd be able to play it. Um, but I, I think it's a great example. Also, Treat Williams and Prince of the City came out a little later. That's another. I love those. I love cop thrillers, of New York cop thrillers of the 70s. I really do. And it is... It is, again, a Pacino, a masterclass in acting. All right, what's next? All right. Al Rensha says, Knowing how the great news has been pouring in lately wouldn't surprise me if they announced the Fantastic Forecast soon with Krasinski as Reed and Dr. Doom. Black Panther 2 reveal. LOL. I mean, yeah, there's been a lot of incredible news coming between Henry Cavill, Hugh Jackman. I mean, listen, we said we expect them to make an announcement of Fantastic Four relatively soon, and and I believe they will. Actually, I'll say I think we're going to get a Fantastic Four cast announcement before Black Panther comes out. Hmm. Um, And if for no other reason, I think that they're going to have to because one of these outlets is going to find out. One of the the outlets is going to... You know that reporters from... Variety, Hollywood Report, they're all prodding and probably they already know and they're probably agreed to hold it for a period of time. So I think we're going to find out the Fantastic Four thing before then. And what, again, I if I had to put five bucks on it, I wouldn't bet John Krasinski, but I believe it's more possible today than I did yesterday. So we'll we'll see. And I, I, I can't stop but think that that there's going to be something to do with the Fantastic Four and Quantum Mania, whether it's a post credit scene or something. It just seems... Like that would it's, be a it's place. It's difficult to imagine that because that movie's been shot and done for a while, and like, oh, I know. I I, I don't know. We'll I see. Know. We'll see. It would seem appropriate though, especially with Kang in there and everything too. It's it would be appropriate. All right, what's next? All right, Bond presents says over and under fifty percent. Lyle Lyle Crocodile is nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> yeah, under. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not going to lie. I can't adequately answer that question because I haven't seen it. Under. The correct answer is under. The correct <laughs> answer, says Taylor, is under. So uh, well, there we go. We'll go with Taylor's. I think Taylor's <laughs> the only one who saw it here. So we'll go with his interpretation Oof. of it. All right. What's next? All right. Sam Fisher. Blunt thing seems like X actor wants a job because that is her husband. Uh, a job means more money for their family. However, wealthy their celebrity makes them. Um. Here's the thing. Normally... I would say yes. Normally, I would say absolutely to that. This is a little different because I'll be honest with you. I don't think John Krasinski needs to angle for this job. I think this job was his if he wanted it. Like all in all, I mean, like a year and a half ago, I think the role of Reed Richards was all his if he wanted it. Like he is now spreading his wings as a director. He's directing a movie with Ryan Reynolds coming up here pretty soon that they're working on right now. He's got a lot of stuff on the board. So I don't know that this is one of the situations. Plus, you know, this wasn't Emily Blunt saying, God, wouldn't John be great in that role? Wouldn't, wouldn't my husband John be like wonderful? No, this was, 
oh, I mean, hopes and... <laughs> it's it's a little different than your standard typical saying, oh yeah, man, I love that character. I, I would I would love to play that character sometime. Mm -hmm. It's a little different. It's just a little Plus, different. You know, this should be fun too. I'm sure I'm sure for Emily Blunt and actors who are in this situation where they have to keep their mouths shut about things they might know, it probably does seem a little bit silly. Like it probably and that's why she was she was being fun. She was having fun because it's fun. It's not like there's some new weapon system they don't want anyone to know about. It, it's, it's playing an actor playing character in a Fantastic Four movie. It's fun. There's still a lot of agreements. And, I uh, know. You gotta, <laughs> but I bet she hasn't signed in. I mean, that's a cure. I wonder, do the spouses of people yes. cast, do they yep. have to sign NDAs? No, no, no. But, you, but anybody you share that information with. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Then that's, yeah, that's. So for a spouse, that becomes a big thing. All right, what's next? BJ says, the town in Silent Hill is based on a real-life abandoned town in Centralia, Pennsylvania, where a coal mine fire has been burning since 1962 and is slowly pulling the whole town underground. Is Whoa. that true? Yeah. What? It is true. There's a fire that's been burning since 1962. Because yeah. the coal is still burning under there. Live from Silent Hill, the John Campion. <laughs> <laughs> How is this not like considered a massive environmental disaster it is how, how are they not doing locally, something about this locally. <laughs> locally well they're like oh it's over there uh no nah, they're like we're it's pennsylvania. <laughs> we're not gonna go yeah, yeah it's pennsylvania it's <laughs> next to scranton all that paper is gonna burn they're used to it if you took the smoke out of the air they wouldn't know how to breathe <laughs> stupid they should just put steam generators there and use it i power I, the whole time. I, I can't believe it. i've never heard how is there not a major documentary about this there is i think there, there is, is? Yeah. yeah oh i gotta i gotta watch it that's fascinating to me i didn't know about this anyway all right what's next asthma on dick okay andy says I think King Viserys the Peaceful would have loved Jon Snow for a list of reasons. One in particular, that he fulfilled the prophecy without the Iron Throne. I mean, that's true. That's true. I mean, but then again, even that is interpretational. Like, there are some people who don't believe that the prophecy was about Jon Snow. I mean, especially with Arya being the one, Arya being the one who ultimately stabbed the Night King. But I think it was because it was that Targaryen, Jon Snow, who is the one who brought everybody together. Yep. They're the ones that did it. So I think, yeah, I think Viserys would have liked Jon Snow for his level-headedness, his loyalty, his his dedication to doing what was right, his his moral North Star. I think all that kind of stuff, Viserys would have liked Jon Snow a lot. I agree. Totally. And I really hope they do make that Jon Snow show. They, they say they're doing it, and I hope they do. All right, what's next? We got to do Edgar here. Yeah. Oh. Edgar Magana says, I want a Hulk dog spinoff movie. You know, <laughs> that was one of the first things in the new era of comic book movies. You know, the, the new era of comic book movies really launched with X-Men. Yeah. And everything was, was great and wonderful. And then, then, then Ang Lee's Hulk came. And it was the Hulk dogs that made me really go, wait, what are you doing? Hulk poodle? Really? And doesn't Hulk like punch one of them in the balls or something like that? I, I, I'm like, really? Hulk poodles. Hulk poodles. That's what we're doing? I, I just couldn't believe Ang Lee did that. And I don't hate that movie. No, I don't either. But but that, it's not, I mean, also the really Phantom Nick Nolte? Really? That's that's what we're doing? I. It's psychological. But man, man the dogs, I, just, I don't know how somebody, when the storyboards were being done, 
I don't know how a studio exec didn't come in and say, wait, is that a joke? Is that fun? <laughs> ha ha inside joke here? At the no, you're not actually putting that on screen, are you? <laughs> I don't know how that got past QC. I really don't. Hey, it's almost 20 years later and we're still talking about it. It's, it's true. Not in the best ways, though. <laughs> All right. What's next? Ryan Cleary says, hi, John and co. The... World War One. Oh, World War One. Okay, I was like Wonder Woman one. I <laughs> know oh, the World War One Netflix movie, All Quiet on the Western oh. Front, with D. Brule looks great. You see the trailer? It's out October twenty eighth. We've had like four or five people write in and ask us about that. And, and yes, we we I remember the first time somebody asked us about it a number of weeks ago. Uh, I said that oh I hadn't seen that yet, and then we watched it immediately after that show. We've talked about it a few times. I mean, it looks. I love war movies that make you walk away from them saying to yourself, war sucks. Yeah. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I really like Saving Private Ryan so much. There's, I think there's a misconception amongst a lot of movie fans that portraying something and the impact of something means you're glorifying something, right? I watched Saving Private Ryan and not, and I was drawn into the drama of what was happening, the tragedy of what was happening. Never once did I feel like, Man, this makes war look awesome. It, it never wants it to do that. It never once glorified war. And I love movies that make me walk away going, oh my God, like war it absolutely sucks. And that movie does that. And this trailer, Rob, makes me feel the exact same way. I completely agree. I mean, the trailer is, you know, the original's quite old. And I was reading an article about this new movie and they were talking about how Variety... Variety had said, I think it was Variety, when they reviewed the film, the original, back in the day, they said this movie should be played in every country around the world forever mm. to show people the futility of, of war. It looks great. I mean, you know, obviously, to me, the trailer looks a little too CG heavy, but what are you going to do when you're trying to recreate trench warfare from World War One? But it looks like it looks quite good and very effective, and I'm sure it packs a wallop, especially with what's going on now in Ukraine. Yeah. All right, what's next? Marksman. Ooh, we're oh, yeah. Marksman AZ says, my first bloody animation experience was the classic Wizards 1977. Fritz, Fritz. Fritz. You've spoken Fritz. about this uh, oh, I, time. I, uh, let me show you something mom showed me when you weren't around, <laughs> you son of a bitch. I love Wizards. Wizards is uh, Ralph Bakshi's science fiction film, another movie about the futility of war. And uh, if you've never seen it, you could borrow my Blu-ray if I would loan it to you, which I won't. So figure out another way. <laughs> All right. What's next? Suthius says, would love to see more Madison. Imagine her at Kamartage, just chilling with Wong, Emil, and America, and they're dissing on Steven and how unfun he is. <laughs> <laughs> I, what That's was hilarious. it, Taylor? During one of the ad breaks, oh, Taylor, yeah. what did you suggest as, a, as the title for well, a Madison show? If they move forward with this movie, they should call it Madison by Night, but spell night with two n's and have a y instead of an i <laughs> perfect it writes itself right there i love it all right Aww. what's next cj rebirth says moana moana she's so amazing oh it's the whisper moana moana she's so amazing <laughs> but which one are we talking about i think they're talking about her i think yeah, they yeah. might be, I think they're talking about oh. you. They might be. <laughs> i can quote the movie moana all day so don't get me started <laughs> all right what's next <laughs> the living boris uh, sends in a $20 super oh, chat. Thank, thank you, you, Living Boris. Appreciate that, man. 
Just a thank you for John, the team, and the community in the chats. Thanks, guys, for making my slow days better. A tiny token of appreciation. Mad love and bring on the filthy. Aw, Living yeah. Boris, thank you so much for that, man. We appreciate that very much. And thank you for being here and being a part of that community because being a part of it makes it better for other people, too. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for supporting the channel, man. We appreciate it very much. All right, what's next? Josh Becker says, the cinematography is all quiet on the, in all, it's quiet on the Western front, looks incredible. It comes out next Friday. I am so excited. Thoughts? I, I've been fooled a lot by cinematography from trailers. Yes. We're thinking cinematography looks boring and it's actually magnificent. Oh, the cinematography in this is going to be great and it's mediocre. So I'm not going to get too worked up for it, but other than to say that the trailer does look fantastic. It looks fantastic. Yeah. All right. What's next? Lego Dude 11. Legos. It says, it is the one-year anniversary since I started watching. Oh, great. The crew has great right. comedic banter, and it brings me joy every day. Looking forward to the future. Yeah, yeah. Aw, thank you so much for that, Lego. And we're so glad. You know, it's, I, I love hearing from people when yeah. they write and say, been around since the movie blog days or the AMC days or the Collider days or, or for your consideration days, whatever. But it's also really cool to hear about people who have just been around for, like, the last year or so. So thank you for being here, and we're glad you're part of the community, man. All right, what's next? Ulatan says, I watched House of the Dragon episode one again, and I found it intriguing that Otto was the one who advocated for Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra, Sorry, I haven't yep. seen this one. Rhaenyra. We, we struggle too. <laughs> Rhaenyra. <laughs> to be Viserys' heir. For why? I think because the, the alternative at the time was Damon. And I think when they saw that as the only alternative, yeah. then he would have been that. It wasn't until that his wife died that the opportunity presented itself to Otto. Yeah, and also Otto knows the, the the queen who never was that probably, look, you can advocate for Renera knowing full well she's never going to be queen. Yeah. Because of what's happened in the past. There's never been a queen sitting on the Iron Throne, but he's doing what his friend would want him to do as the hand of the king. He was playing the game even back then, you know? Yep. I don't know that anybody's played the him and Laris are the ones who've played the game probably the best. All right, what's next? Amen says buy one, rent one, sell one. Shang-Chi, Winter Soldier, Thor Ragnarok. No, nah, not playing. <laughs> no, nah, it's just yeah, I'm not no, nah, I'm not gonna play that game with though. I, I love all three. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> discard any though those are three utterly fantastic comic films. Yeah, I like films. them all. All three of them I think are top ten best comic book films. So yeah, mm -hmm. yep, not gonna play on that one. All right, what's next? Joshua Cohen says, dealing with COVID. Thanks for the entertainment. Oh, that sucks. I remember when Ann got it. We got really, really lucky that we that Ann caught that she had it pretty early. And I instantly moved all my stuff into the spare bedroom and spare bathroom. And I managed to avoid it, which was uh, which was good. But not fun. No. It was not fun. You had it. I had it. Chris not, had You it. did not have a good time. It wasn't good. I, well, <laughs> the worst part was, you know, not working and and staying at home. But also, there's nothing you can do. You know, there's just nothing. You have to just ride it out. Yeah. And some people get it harder than others, whatever. But anyway, we're glad we can be there with you through it, man. <laughs> All right. What's next? Andy says, when you think about it, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness gave us a much better La Llorona. <laughs> I need to work on my Spanish. La Llorona movie than the Conjuring's La Llorona movie did. I, I mean, well, it depends on what you're looking for right. in it. But I mean, so some people say that everything everywhere all at once was the better multiverse movie. Well, I, I mean, yeah, it's a very, very different movie. But yeah, I guess you could kind of say it that way. Listen, again, I know there are issues with Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. I know there are. I agree that there are. 
completely. But I still think that the storyline, I should do an editorial video on this actually at some point. The storyline of Wanda Maximoff is one of the best storylines they've had in the entire MCU. Like from her introduction, the development of her, the fall of her uh, power corrupting, loss corrupting. It's it's really, really great. And as many issues as we have with Multiverse Madness, that coming kind of to a fruition, that her story in that, I really loved that part, like a lot. So I'm curious to see where they go with it moving forward. All right, what's next? Richard Kutz says, Kevin Feige said Werewolf by Night will become very important to the future of the MCU. What do you think that might entail? Considering I've heard Kevin Feige literally say the sandwich on the table in that one shot is going to become incredibly important to the future of the MCU, not a lot. He literally says that about every character. <laughs> he really does. Now, I'm not saying that he's not being sincere, but but I've literally heard him say that about every single character. And for the most part, every character in the MCU does play an important role mm. in the MCU. And I'm sure they've got plans for what they're going to do with Werewolf by Night. I kind of think it probably means more towards the format and the style of things they do rather than Werewolf by Night will become the new leader of the Avengers. Like, I, I think it's more you know, format and style than it is direct character. I don't know. What do you think he had in mind when he said, well, that? I think, you know, they're going to, they're going to, with blade, they're going to introduce the supernatural in a big way. And I can see that that organization, you know, they brought all those hunters in, they were adding to the mythology of the MCU monsters exist. They're out there. Man thing is there. All those heads on the walls that were there, the stuffed heads, there's stuff that we don't know. This was a great taste of a whole new annex or we'll call it a whole new wing not annex, a whole new wing of uh, the MCU that we're going to see, and I can see that. I think that's probably what he meant, that the door has now been opened to the supernatural. M, M. Joseph B. in the live chat is saying, but wait a minute, I want to know about the sandwich. Yeah, the sandwich will also play a very important role moving forward. All right, what's next? Suvius says, Majors was already in shape and ripped in Lovecraft, but after watching the Creed 3 trailer, Jesus... Marvel called and said, you ready for that workout? Yeah, no, look, Majors looked great in Lovecraft. I mean, he was clearly in very, very good shape. Dude. Not the shape he was in in the Creed trailer. Like, he was not in that shape. Like, that was... I mean, look, he was he's already a big, big in-shape guy, right? So that's, a, that's always an advantage when you get to that starting point. But he clearly worked his ass off for that physique and that body and that. Because, I mean, because you got to. Because, listen, Michael B. Jordan looks like an adonis in these movies right so you're going to be the guy who's the threat to him you got to bring it and he's clearly and, brought it and he looks i i, I don't want to get hit by that guy no i no, mean that character i don't yeah. know what it, i didn't quite catch the name of his character in the film but Damn. in terms of all rocky opponents or the opponents in rocky films he goes straight to the top having not seen the movie what a formidable force he looks yeah. like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't wait. That trailer can't wait to see that made movie. me very, very excited for, for this movie. I mean, I was already Damien. looking for what's that? Damien. It is Damien? Yeah. That's his name? And well, what's his last name? On his trunks it says Dame on there. Oh. No, but no, but no, Dame is his last name. Oh, yeah, yeah. But weren't you saying what his name was? Yeah, yeah. yeah. His first name is Dame. I don't know. No, his last name, his last name is on his trunks. That that's so the care I can't remember what the character's first name is, but his last name is like Dame or Look, I just that. I even love the whole premise of the movie. I can't wait to see this film. Cannot wait. Yep. All right, Good. what's next? Sam Fisher says, celebrity couple that shouldn't break up. Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, Daniel yeah. Craig and Rachel Weiss, Goldie and Kurt, Tom and Rita. 
I agree. Uh, yes to all of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely yes to all. The, I mean, you're right. Any of those, it would make me lose my faith in humanity a little bit if we heard about any of those ones breaking up. That, that's a good list, man. That's a good one. All right, what's next? All right. Chi Town Rules 09 says, thanks for selecting me. Great job, Alu. <laughs> yeah, almost won it. I'll- almost <laughs> won it. Therefore, so almost. if Ray had gotten it right, Alu would have won. So blame Ray for you not winning. Ray, what Ray's- was your score again? Well, can <laughs> I just say, Darth Revan, again. look what you're getting. Uh-huh. Ray, what was your score I'm again? All right, what's next? You know, I think the Mayans didn't even have a symbol for the score that Ray got. Oh, wow. <laughs> I guess, you know, all my wins doesn't matter, you know. Oh, happy. he's said, listen, more career wins than anybody, Ray Ora. What have you done lately, Ray? <laughs> <laughs> all right, what's next? Jay Master says, during an interview at the Chicago Film Festival, Katherine Hahn confirmed that she and Marvel are set to begin production on Disney Plus Agatha Coven of Chaos next month, which releases in winter 2023. I was... You guys remember how excited I got when they announced that Catherine Hahn was even coming into the MCU and she was going to be a part of WandaVision. Like, she's a treasure. I love her. And I love the Agatha character. And there's so much you can do with her. And so I'm very, very excited about this show. I cannot, I mean, I, I kind of wish that it had gone in production six months ago, but whatever, they're doing it now. I'm super stoked about it. It's the tangibilization. It's a real thing now. Very excited for it. All right, what's Yay. next? Okay, Joe Randaza sends in a $50 super chat. Wow. Thank you, man, so much. I just started the Lord of the Rings movies. What have I been missing? You know Uh, what's funny? (laughs) Here's the thing. I I think as film fans in our little bubbles, we just, it's a foregone conclusion. We just know everybody's seen Lord of the Rings. When the pandemic happened, though, I was always surprised by how many people would write in to say, well, I mean, we're stuck at home, so I used the opportunity to watch either The Godfather for the first time. <laughs> and the second most I heard was Lord of the Rings. There was actually a lot of people. And I think we forget just how old the Lord of the Rings is. It's, you can drink. Fellowship of the Ring can drink. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's over 20 now. It's going to be 21 uh, in December. So it could have drank in Canada a year and a half ago. Yeah. It can drink in the U.S. now. We're about to be able to drink in the U.S. Yeah. And Yeah. But listen, guys. Take his word for it. You're missing. I mean, you, you've always heard, well, it, it, I mean, I've heard about Lord of the Rings for so long. It can't possibly live up to the hype. It lives up to the hype. Watch Lord of the Rings. If you have not done so yet, make different life choices. Do things you need to do. Set aside a weekend. Watch the Lord of the Rings with some friends, family, whatever, by yourself. Doesn't matter. Naked, clothed, doesn't matter. Watch Lord of the Rings. You're going to love it. All right, what's next? Nerd on Film says... Krasinski as Richards, Daniel Craig as Doctor Doom, and John Favreau directing would be my dream Fantastic Four movie. Thanks for the great show. I like that. I mean, yeah, but again, it, here's the problem with with fan casting. This is why I very rarely, if ever, get involved in X actor and X role. Okay, you say Daniel Craig is Doctor Doom, great, but what if the Doctor Doom they're writing is not a fit at all for Daniel well, yeah. Craig? Right. See, that's why when people say, "Who do you think should play this role?" John, it's like, well, I have no idea how they're going to portray that. I always illustrate with this. Look at the Joker. We had Heath's Joker. We had Jack's Joker. We had uh, uh, Jared Leto's Joker. Leto, Leto's Joker. We had Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Like, and all those Jokers are completely different from each other. And so, I don't think Joaquin would have been good for Jack's Joker. I don't think Jack would have been good for Leto's Joker. 
Like it's different. So that's why when people say, John, who should play this? I go, I just want a talented actor because I have no idea what they're going to write this character like. And listen, if they announced Daniel Craig was playing Dr. Doom, I would get excited for sure because he's a great actor. But I won't know if he's actually the right guy for that role until we see the movie. So, yeah. But Favreau directing a Fantastic Four? Again, my, I would have loved to have seen Peyton Reed direct it. I, I, I would have loved that. But I, I, think, I think they've got a good chart uh, chart here. Mm -hmm. Coursed, charted. Here. All right. What's next? And shout out to Mark Hamill's Joker. <laughs> and Mark, of course, well, he wasn't. He was no, just I know. Video voice. games and cartoons. I just loved his iteration. But his his voice is the voice of the Joker for a generation of people. Oh, yeah. I mean, really. It really is. All right. What's next? Marksman AZ says, Mary Poppins is canonical in the MCU Guardians of the Galaxy 2. True. But only as a movie. Only as a <laughs> movie. Yeah, it's not that Mary Poppins itself. Unless you're saying that you what know, if Mary Poppins has met? Yondo? In the MCU, Yondo. it's a documentary. Mary Poppins is a documentary, not a. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, you know, it's it's kind of like um, Galaxy Quest. There, yeah, that it was historical <laughs> documents. I mean, clearly, Mary Poppins is an alien who has traveled the universe, or the Sorcerer Supreme, or the Sorcerer Supreme, bringing bringing joy to people all around the universe. All right, what's next? <laughs> Al Renshin says. Over under 40%, we get Red Hulk and the Thunderbolts. I am, I'm going to say there's a chance, but I'll say lower than 40. So yeah. I, I would probably peg it around the 25%, which is, hey, that's a one in four. I mean, that's that's a legit chance, but I'll, I'll go under 40, Rob. I'm going to say we see him because why not? So you're going to say over 40. I, I'm going to say over whatever the percentage number is. I just think we're going to see him. Okay. Unless that's a stinger for Thunderbolts 2 or something. But it's still yeah. in the movie. No, yeah, of course. Yeah, so yeah. I think we're going to do it. Listen, they felt that Thunderbolt Ross being in this movie was important enough that they decided to recast him. And not just recast him. Recast him with one of the greatest movie stars of all time in Harrison Ford. Mm -hmm. Did they just do that so he could say some quick, quippy one-liners and be a hard-ass in a couple of scenes? Or to do more? That's why I'm, I'm going to go as high as 25% on that. And you know what else? They have all of the de-aging stuff they did with Indiana Jones with him already. But you don't even need to do it. But I'm just saying they could do something in the past. You know, they, they always go back. No, they, they could. Might, they could do something. They did that with him in uh, Black Widow. Yep. All right. What's next? All right. Uh, oh, uh, very top. Dialdar. Just started House of the Dragon. It's incredible. And we'll end it there. <laughs> uh, it, it, and it is. I am floored. I mean, I had, I believe they could make a good show, right? I never dreamed this show would be as good as it is. I mean, it is absolutely phenomenal. And so many people that are involved with the, with the original series involved with this one. And they've just blown out. I mean, that and Andor are just killing it. Do you know that Ryan Condal, who is the co-creator with George R. R. Martin, was going to be doing a Conan series for Amazon? Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and I, of course, they, I, I was watching a YouTube video about this. This was back in 2018. I guess the show got canceled because Conan's too much of a male figure. Like... I, I mean, here's the one thing I got to say, though, is at the end of every episode, they bring up all the credits and title cards. And then George R. R. Martin's company card comes up, the GRRM. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the one that comes up right after that. It's like blood something. I, I can't remember what it was. Can I just say those look fucking awful? I, they looks, look like they're, they're in a high school yearbook. Yeah, <laughs> I, totally, I think that every time, too. I'm glad you said something because I'm like, 
George R. R. Martin, you can't have a better like coat of arms logo than that. Like, dude, get on Fiverr. Go to go to here's www.fiverr.com. Find a graphic designer for like ten bucks. They'll make you a much much better logo because that logo sucks. Make it animated. Have it at least a page's turn or, or something. Something. A, a sword gets pulled out of. I don't know. <laughs> All right, guys, with that down, that'll do it for today's installment of the John Campy Show. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those super chats, number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it and all of us involved with the show. Thank you guys so very much for your support. Don't forget, guys, to join us again tomorrow for the next episode of the John Campia Show. Uh, there is normally going to be an open mic on Thursdays. However, we are not going to have one today. We're kind of shutting the studio down a little bit early. Got a Black Adam screening that I'm going to run off to now here in just a bit. Uh, keep your eyes open for my straight out of the theater review of Black Adam. A little bit later today, I'll be putting that up. And I, uh, hopefully, I'm going to have Ray with me too so we can talk about that. Anyway, guys, for everybody in the room, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Over there, still the all-time wins leader in Movie Password, Ray Ora. <laughs> running the show, Jonathan Voiko, And making your first appearance today, Lou Moana. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> and, of course, my name's John KB, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye.